This is your other brother's podcast. Brothers podcast, navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. From the jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom. So glad you're here. Joining me once again is from the City of Oaks, my brother Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, everyone. And joining us from the City of Forts, it's our other brother, Jacob. What's up, Jacob? Hello, hello. What's up, y'all? So good to see you guys again. You too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm glad it's reciprocated. I was worried that it was just going to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, uh, it is extra good to see you, Tom, because for those who, um, are listening at home, Tom recently has, uh, purchased a new webcam that makes the man look like a freaking model. So we're all just, <laughs> oh man, it's about to get those influencer bucks. <laughs> Mike Bloomberg is about to call you up. <laughs> I feel I get the sense that you're using hyperbole and I don't want the listeners at home to feel to like feel like you're setting up an unrealistic expectation no. for what no, no, Tom no. is because when I'm looking at the screen I just see slightly more color and slightly more <laughs> contrast between the foreground and the background but that's about it. I but mean I there is just that. yeah there's just a big uh big difference between two of us who look like trash and then you <laughs> who are um all well lit and and shiny and new so that's all yeah you know what they say out with the old and ragged and in with the shiny mm. and new that's mm-hmm. that's it it's a new decade jacob let's let's do it let's step yeah. into the new and shiny um i appreciate the kind words but again it's it's not me it's it's the ring light on my my <laughs> new webcam. Thank thank that. Um, I'm so glad y'all y'all are here today because we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart today. <laughs> we're talking about loneliness, but not just loneliness. We're also talking about solitude in a title that I am calling and titling "Loneliness v Solitude," and it is sure to be a v good episode. Mm. <laughs> so thank you so thank you v much for being here y'all i appreciate it we're gonna talk about all about yeah loneliness and solitude loneliness versus solitude what what is the difference what is the overlap we're gonna talk all about that today i also need to say this right off the top before we get too deep into this episode for many people listening right now they are listening with a whole new visual experience even without being able to see my quote unquote model face <laughs> or model look that Jacob painted out. Uh, a lot of people listening right now to this particular episode have clicked on to our podcast and on to this particular podcast with a whole new logo attached to our podcast. It's like a whole brand new experience right now as people listen all around the world. So um, I wanted right off the top to give a huge shout out to our designer, Wesley Ayers, who designed our website from scratch, whole new design, um, and he's amazing. Y'all should check out his website, artofatlas.com. 
he did a great job with our site. And over the next, you know, I say over the next few months, but let's just, let's just say the next few years, maybe next few decades, we're just going to stick with what we got now. And we're just, cause we've done, we've been doing lots of, uh, switching over in the last few weeks of switching over the website and the social media and kind of getting all, 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 uh, everything synchronized basically. And, uh, yeah, it's like awesome now to have a visual to be attached to the podcast as well. So huge shout out to Wesley. He has a Patreon as well. I would love it if anyone listening, if you are inspired by his artwork, if you just want to support a fellow artist, a fellow creative, go over to his Patreon page and support him. $5 a month. We have plenty of guys, um, who are doing both supporting your other brothers and supporting Wesley. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm really excited to yeah have his have his art featured on our site. I'm really excited for the new look and kind of a new a new chapter for your other brothers. So there's a shout out for Mr. Wesley Ayers and uh, y'all. I just want to. It's been a while since since you and I have have talked, Jacob and Ryan, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to give you guys a belated Happy Valentine's Day because it's been Aww. a while since Thanks, since Tom. that holiday that isn't really a holiday. But that's that's a conversation for another time. Maybe one day we'll do a podcast about why Valentine's Day is not real. It's made up. Yeah, that is that is accurate. I did um I did spend the entire day waiting outside my front door for you, Tom, to send me chocolates. And so that those never came and I got frostbite instead. So it was a great, great day for me. I did not wait for Tom to send me chocolate. <sighs> Y'all know we we've touched on love languages and y'all know that gifts you hopefully y'all should know by now. We've been friends for how long? Gifts are I think if there's like three or four other love languages you could probably throw into the list that would be above gifts. Gifts is probably like number mm. 8 or 9 if I'm being honest. But Well, you also didn't spend time with me or touch me or give me words of <laughs> affirmation or do anything for me. So, no, but remember, what's I'm your other excuse? <laughs> your dishwasher. Whenever That's right. Sorry. Visit, sorry. So you're right. Gotta be patient. You're right. I know. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I take it all back. Right. But it is kind of cool that we are talking about loneliness and solitude in the aftermath of Valentine's Day. So that's kind of appropriate, right? The bloody aftermath. <laughs> the bloody aftermath. <laughs> Yes. I tweeted this. Um, I think it was on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on Valentine's Day. Or maybe it was the day before Valentine's Day. I forget. But it was right around then that I tweeted that this Valentine's Day, I'm going out or I'm, ta- I'm going on a date with my new profile picture, which y'all, I need to tell this story because yes. y'all ask me, ask me about my new profile picture. Well, I was actually going to, but I felt like I was already running the risk of complimenting you too much and giving you a big head. So I thought, well, now I can't actually bring up these like super awesome pictures that you recently took. So Tom, please uh, tell me about your new profile pic. Oh, I will, Jacob. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So I heard about this thing called the Enneagraph from somebody that I follow, a really well-known photographer named Jeremy Cowart. He's photographed like Lauren Daigle and all of the Kardashians and countless other celebrities from inside Christianity and beyond. Like he's just known around the world. And he was like, he's gotten all these awards. He's pretty well known. Um, And so I saw when he talked about this new thing that he was starting called the Enneagraph, which is a photo studio based on 
the Enneagram. Basically, he's come up with a lighting and angling system for every single type that amplifies that type. So like for a one, a perfectionist type, it's like a very clean cut, brightly lit um, photograph. Um, for a four like me, like it's dark and shadowy and colorful and moody. And then it's just like every type you go to enneagraph.co and there's just like, he, he shows what each type would look like in his, in his studio. And so I heard about this and I started clicking around several weeks ago and I was mesmerized. I was like, I have to do this. Like I feel a stirring (laughs) in my soul to go to Nashville, Tennessee, where the studio is and Mm. to get photographs because I've actually had it in my head for the better part of a year, if not longer, to update my, just have like a more professional look online, not only on Yab, but on my own website, my own presence. So I um, I saw that he was doing a deal for like the first, I don't know, the first month or so of new, uh, of yeah, people who just want to have their, their pictures taken. And so he had this significantly discounted rate that I jumped on without even realizing like, oh gosh, like I need to figure out what day and how I'm going to get there and <laughs> what makes the most sense for my schedule. But I was like, no, it just has to happen. I cannot not take advantage of this deal um, because this just feels like it's the perfect solution. Like for months and if not a year, I've been wondering who would take my pictures. Is there somebody out there who would do it for like a good rate, but it would be professionally done. And it would also like spark everything inside of me, all my personality um, into these pictures. And so Um, needless to say, yeah, I signed up, I drove to Nashville, got there, was fully expecting to, um, have my picture taken by somebody that Jeremy hired. Because if you look on his website, there's a frequently asked question that says, um, will Jeremy Cowart be taking my pictures? Because he's this like (laughs) world-known celebrity photographer. Um, and he was like, no, like you'll, I've hired everyone who works in my studio. So they're trained by me. You know, they know what they're doing. And so I was fully expecting to go there and to meet someone named Micah who would take my picture. And that was that. But instead, I walk in and to get into this studio, like there were some directions on his website that were like, don't be afraid. Like when you walk in, it's going to be dark and there's going to be things hanging from the ceiling and it's just going to look like a horror show or something. But just (laughs) keep walking in, just keep going toward the light. And so that's what I did. I get there, it's dark and I round a corner and a voice says, hello. And so then I'm like, hello. And so then I walk to the voice And then I get to a man sitting at a desk and I didn't like click around the website too extensively to know what Micah would look like. But I remember seeing a picture of him once and the person behind the desk was not this Micah guy. And I was like a little confused and off. It was like, okay, hello. Like he asked if I was Tom and I said, yes, I am Tom. I'm here for my appointment. Um, and he asked how I heard about Enneagraph because I guess it's still very new. And so he wants to know how people found out about it. Um, and so I told him, I was like, I don't know who this is. And I was like, I, you know, I've been following Jeremy for a while. Um, and then his eyes perked and he was like, oh, I'm Jeremy. (laughs) And I was like, in my, in the back of my head, I was like, I, I think that's him, but he's like a photographer. And so I'm mostly looking at the things that he's photographing. I'm not looking at him. Mm -hmm. Like I, I kind of had a vague picture in my mind of what he looked like. And I was like, I think, is that it? But that's not him because on his website, it says he's not going to be taking the pictures. It's going to be his team that takes the pictures. And so anyway, I'm like, like heart soaring, heart dropping. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like Jeremy Coward, he, he then proceeded to tell me that his photographer, Micah was sick and that his other photographer was also sick. And so that oh. he's here all day doing their photo shoots because He wanted to uphold the commitment to do all these appointments. And so in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is 
the coolest thing. Someone who's photographed all of the Kardashians is about to (laughs) photograph me. And then at the same time, the realization of that was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I have no idea. I'm not a model much to Jacob against Jacob's description of me. I don't know what to do. How do I pose? What am I supposed to do? Mm. This guy has photographed like professional celebrities, essentially. Like, how am I supposed to compete to that? And how do I live up to that? And he was so just soothing and comforting. Mm. And he was just like, yeah, stand here and let me show you what to do. All you got to do is just like walk back and forth and look down and look up and just pretend like I'm not even here. Like literally just like think about something and just like move around and I'll, it just, just goes slower than maybe you would normally so I can capture, you know, the moment. And so for like the next 10 minutes, I'm just like literally, I feel like it was such a metaphor for my life because I was literally just like slowly walking back and forth across this like little six foot square. And uh, in the meantime, I would hear like clicks as, as I'm walking around and as I'm moving. And, and then every once in a while he would tell me to look this way or to look that way or whatever. But for the most part, it was just letting Tom free range, just go, just walk around play with your jacket, walk, you know, touch your hair, whatever. And it was like one of the coolest feelings because mm-hmm. the whole time it's happening, it's like dark. And again, there's things dangling from the walls. The background behind me is changing colors. He has little things in front of his lens that he's like putting glasses and there's like little swirly things. And and mm-hmm. so it was one of the like trippiest, weirdest experiences of my life to be in this dark cave as Jeremy Cowart is photographing me. But out of the mess, out of the shadows and out of the blunders of that experience came like this gorgeous array of photos. I was mesmerized by what came out of that. Um, yeah. Cause he not only took the pictures, he also took the time to edit the pictures and, and then send it to me within like five hours. I think later that night I had, I had them. So I was so affirmed, not only paying for this photo shoot, but driving six hours to get there. And, um, yeah. And on Valentine's day, no less. I was like, I, this is the best Valentine's day of my yes. life. I'm dating myself right now, but I don't even <laughs> care. Like I'm, I feel like this is worthy investments all around for the travel, for the, yeah, just the inspiration. And now I feel just more professional. I feel mm-hmm. like more legit than I've ever felt. And I'm, I'm riding this wave of positivity and confidence and it's unparalleled y'all. Wow. What do I do? <laughs> I want to keep this feeling rolling. I love it. That's awesome. I love that story. And I'm glad you did that for yourself, Tom. And I'm looking at the website and I Same. think of all of the <laughs> types, like if I'm going to go that far, I'm just going to pretend I'm a four because those are the best pictures. Like <laughs> I I, I'm looking, is, I hate yeah. to say it, but like the type nine pictures just look, look very live, laugh, love. Like, mm. <laughs> like if I want those pictures, I'll just get my friend who does wedding pictures in Raleigh to take them. Yeah. Um, and no, I think, right. I think it's also funny. The six just looks like class pictures, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would, I would either want the four or the seven also has some. Oh yeah. Really the seven, cool, the seven things. looks exhausting though. Cause the, <laughs> typical. the, <laughs> Like keep smiling and laughing and jumping <laughs> in the air. Yeah. So much energy. Like the 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 con would be up like in five minutes. He'd be like, "You're not a seven, are you? You're not a seven. <laughs> no, I'm a nine. Yeah. He's like, to the natural light with you. <laughs> <laughs> to the natural light. Because like yeah, the ones for the for the two look very similar to the nine, except for it's just everything's yellow. Mm. It's just it's just everything's. Um, do you, Tom, have like because you have gone through this process do you get any kind of like if you refer a friend they get some kind of discount on their shoot as i'm currently planning a trip to 
to hmm, to Nashville to go get my pictures taken. I wonder. I'll have to look into that. But uh, it was just really cool, not only for, for the photo shoot, but there's also like it's it's a story component to the studio as well. So that on their social media, on their Instagram, um, you know, they're featuring all the pictures for everyone that wants to participate. Um, not only he puts up one of their photos, but then he also asked for like a four to five paragraph description of of your type. And like he, mm. he gave some prompts of that. And so it was really cool to just um, to not only like do this for myself, but, and to put my story out there, but then to like read other people's stories and see their pictures. And, um, yeah, I was just like sold right away, like brilliant marketing, beautiful web design. I was just like, I have, I have to do this. Literally my soul would not let me refuse. And so, so that's all y'all. I know I've talked for so long to open this episode or whatever this has made onto the Yabba log, whatever. (laughs) I had to get it out of my soul. I had to share with you No, those are, those are excellent things. Yep. So what did y'all do for Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, big shout out mm. to everyone listening um, and everyone who's given us a rating review on Apple Podcast. It's so easy and fun to do, even though Ryan and Jacob refuse to ever participate. <laughs> Go over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review Your Other Brothers Podcast. We would love to have your support that way. I'm saving it for a very special Valentine's Day. <laughs> there you go. You, we were like joking that maybe you would be the hundredth one, but now that you've missed that boat, maybe you'll be the two hundredth or thousandth <laughs> review. Who knows? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna wait until I can be number one thousand. One thousand. That actually That's feels good... then worth. Yeah, yeah. Worth my time. That'd but be... at this point, it's also a little bit weird to sort of review yourself. Be like, you guys are my favorite. You're doing That's excellent why work. You use especially an alias that, and that one who sings. Rand- <laughs> okay. Done. You could be Bacob Jaranowski <gasps> or something different. <laughs> or you could pretend to be your brother. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. <laughs> Just use his name. Hasn't hasn't he written something? Uh, hasn't he written a I don't know. Nate. Calling out Nate, Nate now. If you're listening now, go write a review and tell me that you I'm are not proud gonna I'm not gonna guilt trip your brother, but I have written his podcast oh, a rating review. So I'm just saying. Mm. I also I also did, but in my review, I complimented the episode that I was on. <laughs> so, so if you've done that for his podcast, why can't you do that for ours? I know it feels different. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Don't let yeah. Don't let Jacob or Ryan get you down, listeners. If you feel the spirit <laughs> leads you to leave a podcast rating review, please do. We would we would love it. Um, also, big thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. This podcast is possible thanks to them. And we have some questions that we're going to be talking about today that come from our Yabbers group on Facebook. Um, so yeah, big shout out to our Yabbers. Thanks y'all for supporting Yab. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash your other bros. If you want to get in on the action alongside a hundred, I just checked today, 184 <gasps> other people around wow. the world. So many people. And they're all amazing people. That's the thing. Thank you, amazing people. And before we get to this episode, huge, huge shout out to our episode sponsor. Y'all, this is crazy because um, when they heard we were talking about loneliness, solitude, chocolate jumped in pretty quickly and was like, yeah, we will support you. Chocolate Mm. is here for you in your loneliness and your solitude, whatever you want to call it. Um, And then in the 11th hour, we got a request um, for sponsorship from Caves. And so then I was wondering, why turn away two good things? And the more that we let it linger and the more both parties communicated with each other, the more they not only want to support the show individually, but they also want to partner together. And so this episode is not only brought to you by chocolate, not only brought to you by caves, but 
brought to you by Chocolate Caves, a cave of chocolate just for you. They are sponsoring this. You should see my face lighting up right now. Did you get a new ring light (laughs) webcam? Wow. Look at that complexion. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Chocolate Caves, for sponsoring this episode of your other brother's podcast. Mm. Go get you or go get inside a chocolate cave. Or I guess you could get a chocolate cave, but then go inside and just stay in there a while. It's like an escape room, but you have to solve puzzles to not be kicked out. Right. The goal mm. is to stay in as long as possible, not to escape. <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about loneliness, the solitude. And this, I forgot to mention at the top, this comes from our Yabbers group. Every once in a while, we put a poll in the group and we let the group decide what we're going to talk about next. We give them some choices. And uh, this one was a fun, like, new reality show version of the poll because because not only would the winner become the one that we talk about, obviously, but the loser gets exiled onto a rotation that won't see the light of day for years, probably. So I won't say what that topic is, but I know, Jacob, you in particular, I'm not sure what Ryan's thoughts on this topic were, but I know Jacob was very vocal against, uh, maybe not against it, but was just like expressed some very strong reservations, I guess. So sure. I mean, there was a certain, there was a certain measure of <laughs> relief when I learned that it wouldn't be seen behind, the of behind the scenes. My, Jacob was messaging my people in the yard. was like, please don't vote. vote please for vote, it down. Yeah. vote it down. <laughs> it finished last. And let who it, knows when we'll talk about this. It, it could literally be years. If ever we do, I don't know, but that's the stakes. Now the stakes are you got vote for your mm. favorite or it's going to get exiled with this one. So yeah, lonely, loneliness versatile. That was like far and away the favorite. It wasn't even close. This was a, a runaway train. This was like, this mm. is the dominant one that people want to hear us talk about. So we're going to talk about it. In preparation for this podcast, I did a good old Google search and I was quite amused when I looked up the definition of loneliness. Do y'all want to hear the definition of loneliness? So it, it had two definitions and the way I interpreted it was like the second definition is like the actual correct, like literal definition and the first one is like uh, if a four wrote it (laughs) (laughs) is how i interpreted it um so the google definition the second definition was the quality of being unfrequented and remote isolation and then the first definition was loneliness a sadness because one has no friends or company and i was like well yes i guess that's kind of strong to say no (laughs) friends like just perpetually no friends or just no friends in this moment or what yeah. but yeah someone who has no friends or company or company because you can have friends but lack company true and you can have company and friends let's, let's hang on that for a second let's dive into the nuance mm. of this definition and i didn't look up solitude because it was just a boring definition we know what solitude is solitude <laughs> is just the state of being Solo, right? Alone, yeah. By yourself. No, no, like, emotions necessarily attached. It's just the reality that you're alone. <clears throat> Not necessarily feeling alone, because I guess that's a differentiation. Do y'all interpret these two words differently? I also wanted to gauge the room, because we're all introverts in this room, are we not? Is that accurate? I am. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I have an extroverted perspective here that I'm going to bring in in a second, but introverted perspective what do y'all what is like your feelings with these two words loneliness and solitude do you have any negative connotations positive connotations does it depend on the situation i would say they're like very similar circumstances but loneliness is when i'm unhappy about it and solitude is when i'm happy about it 
um, solitude feels like when I say, oh, I'm, I'm going to dedicate myself to solitude tonight, it feels like kind of a spiritual discipline or spiritual exercise. But when I say, oh, I'm feeling lonely, that, um, that's something that I wish would change or which was different or I don't find any value in. Yeah. To kind of echo that, I think that for solitude, there's this kind of intentional purposefulness to it, um, in a positive way of, of something that I'm actively choosing while loneliness is more outside of my control and something that's happening to me, uh, versus something that I have control over. Hmm. It's an interesting way of putting it. So you choose solitude, but loneliness chooses you. Is that what you're basically saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so. I haven't, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of this, I have to edit some of that w- way of, way of thinking, but like that, that is my, my sort of gut reaction to those two words. Yeah. I would say like solitude feels intentional to me. Like there's something that I'm doing there and I'm getting from it. Like I, I would push back Tom on your definition of solitude is just the plain neutral state of being alone. I would say that's just, just being alone. Solitude is like something you have built or created. Yeah. Yes. But the question is, if loneliness chooses you, can you create solitude out of that loneliness? Or are you like left left to loneliness's whims and punching you or suffocating you or whatever brutal metaphor sure. you want to use? That's yeah, I question. would I I feel like at at our at our healthiest and in our in our more in our most mature mindsets, I think that there is there are measures in which we can shape and reframe loneliness into uh, slightly more positive pursuits of solitude. Yeah, I think it takes it takes practice and it takes some like mental preparation ahead of time. I for a long time, I kind of practiced solitude as a discipline where like. The lonely, the, I guess the loneliest time of the week for me was Monday nights and I would just get so down on, down, down on myself and my situation and be really sad that no one was available to spend time with on a Monday night because who, who hangs out on Monday night, right? Um, and I decided to, to turn that into like a, I called it mandatory solitude night where like if someone did happen to reach out and want to hang out or do something, I couldn't, like I was, um, I was committed to just spending time alone and I would, um, read probably like a fantasy novel and sit in my office with the door closed and have my phone on airplane mode and like light a nice candle and just kind of like, claim that time and protect that time as, Hey, I'm going to be alone and I'm going to enjoy it. And, um, and I think there is something about like planning that ahead of time as a weekly thing and protecting it and declining other opportunities that made it feel that kind of transformed it from loneliness to solitude that made it feel valuable, that made it feel that made me realize how it was, feeding me and providing for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's cool. I also do like a similar Monday tradition. It usually is a Monday. I'll say like maybe three times, three times out of every month. I, I, I'm getting better at making it happen, but I usually, yeah, we'll take Monday nights to, um, to like treat that as my, my sacred writing time. And so usually what that means is I go to one of, one of the like two late night coffee shops. When I say late night, it like they're open till 10 or something, which is not late enough for me, but, but I'll go out to these coffee shops and it'll just be me out there and I'll blog something. It'll just be a kind of chance that I'm not doing anything job related. I'm not, um, replying to texts. I'm not doing anything like super social. I'm just focusing on, um, yeah, on just a task before me, enjoying, enjoying the, the night out because I, you know, will generally work on job related things throughout the day. And so it's kind of nice to just have one, one night a week where I go out and do something for me and just treat that as sacred or semi-sacred. And, uh, I want to do a better job of like crafting those times. Cause it's so easy to just like, um, yeah, to have interference happen from all angles, from, from our phones, from our, our families, our friends, our internet, our, and then our real life interactions with people face to face and wherever we live. So, um, so it is nice to have, to have that sculpted out. It is definitely a, uh, a discipline to, to do. Um, I was curious though, cause I, I wanted, I wanted to hear what y'all had to say about, um, about loneliness and solitude, but then I also wanted to hear from an extrovert and I wanted to see if there was an extroverted perspective. So I reached out to Dean who is by large, far and away an extrovert. He loves being around people. And I just asked him some questions about loneliness and solitude. So he's not here today, but I wanted to read his response. Um, for all the extroverts listening, which I know is like 5% of our audience, but that's fine. Y'all, <laughs> y'all will have something to chew on now. Well, as the three introverts will then talk about loneliness for the rest of the episode. Um, but Dean says this, I personally love solitude. And he put love in all capital letters. I also meant to say big, big, big shout out and thank you to Dean for taking the time to write this for me today. I appreciate it. Um, but he said, now I keep it balanced. For me, being around people energizes me. However, I've learned that it's possible to overcharge myself like a phone battery. I take solitude both when it comes naturally and when I make it happen. Often a car ride for me will be without music so I can have 15 minutes or so of just quiet time. Other times I'll seek out sitting in silence alone for a half hour or so, turning off my phone or putting it out of reach. Uh, because I have work to be intentional about solitude, I can handle a lot more than I used to. I've done, I've gone days at a time, mostly alone and been okay. Um, and then I asked him if like, as an introvert, I asked him the question, like, do you think it's, uh, do you think it takes you quicker to be lonelier? If you feed off of people more than I need to feed off of people, do you think you get lonelier quicker than me? And his answer to that was, I don't know that I'd say I get lonelier faster than an introvert. I think I just need people at more regular intervals. Uh, to me, solitude doesn't equal loneliness because I don't believe being alone is the same as loneliness. Alone just means no one is physically around me. Loneliness means I feel a loss of connection from others. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I'll have more to say from Dean the deeper we go into this conversation. But um, that's an extroverted perspective because I legitimately wonder about extroverts. Like, I don't understand them. Like, how can they be around? Why do they want to go to a party? That sounds the worst. I don't want to go to a party. I don't want to be around more than two people at a time. That sounds awful. And yet he talks about his love for solitude. And I think that sounds super healthy and good for anybody, um, or for, especially for extroverts who maybe they get tricked into thinking that they need to be around people all the time. But like, no, you need to be alone too. And you may need to like sculpt out time for yourself. Um, and so it's cool to like hear his perspective on that. And I like what he said about how, you know, loneliness isn't, isn't just the state of being alone. It's a, a, a lack of connection because I think it's something that we all kind of like 
know about loneliness is that you can be super lonely in a crowded room. Like it's not really about who's around you or how many people are around you. It's about how or whether you're connecting with them. And I would, I think I would, I would actually argue that to experience a sense of of loneliness when you do have other people around you, I think that's almost worse because I think there's this Mm -hmm. like sense of like, there's, um, there's something wrong with me that I'm feeling lonely even when I do have people that I'm with. Yeah. Been there. You know, and I think, and I think a mistake that I tend to make in my loneliness is trying to fix it with being around people when I think really maybe it would help more to have some kind of cultivated high quality solitude time. And I think I want to say that helps me connect with others better later on, which then um, is kind of more of a better, a better aid to loneliness, if that makes sense. And it gives some people some context. Maybe I didn't do a good job setting up where this conversation is going at the beginning because we are a community, a podcast um, talking about these issues of faith, sexuality, and masculinity. And so maybe you're listening to the first 15 minutes of this conversation. And you're like, okay, what, what does this have to do with any of that? Like, okay, I get introverts and extroverts, humanity, personality types. We like to talk about all that stuff too. But uh, as this conversation goes on, I'd like to dive into the concept of, um, and y'all can be pondering this since I forgot to text you earlier about what we're talking about, the concept of um, have you felt lonely with regard to your sexuality, is that like a component of loneliness mm-hmm. to start to kind of like siphon the conversation toward those three topics? We're already starting to talk about discipline, spiritual discipline. So we're already starting to kind of scratch the surface of the, the faith component um, as far as spirituality and, and the practice of solitude. But, um, but yeah, that's where the conversation is going that hopefully by the end of this episode, we've gotten there. That's the goal, right? Um, but yeah, we're just like talking about how does sexuality, how, how has solitude or um, or loneliness and, and either positive or negative connotations, um, come up in, in your life, in your journey, your story. Yeah. And that's a helpful just foundation, Tom, because, um, in my, my experience personally, and also my experience doing ministry to gay and same-sex attracted Christians who are, you know, pursuing a traditional view of marriage, um, or, or, or vacational singleness in their lives. Like the, this is this question that's always sort of like haunting everyone sort of always hovering in the back of your head. Like, what am I going to do about loneliness? What am I going to do about my loneliness? Like everyone is kind of like pursued by this nagging sense of loneliness and this fear of being alone long-term for the rest of their life. And so kind of the unspoken question behind every conversation is, you know, what, what do we do about this? Um, what's the solution? And, and I think it's, you know, telling that the three of us start talking about this and we automatically jump into like, Oh, you know, how can we transform our loneliness into solitude? You know, <laughs> what, what are spiritual disciplines to, to, to deal with this? Because we all kind of have this shared, uh, this shared impetus for discussing loneliness and wanting to kind of get to the bottom of it. But, um, but yeah, it's a good reminder that like, we're talking about this within this context in this frame of, of sexuality. For sure. For sure. So everyone stay patient. We're going to talk about sexuality in a second, but <laughs> I want to linger on this, like the concept of a spiritual discipline in solitude. Cause one of our followers 
had this to say, had this question, and he wanted to know what are some healthy ways that we enjoy solitude? And then on the flip side, of course, what are the unhealthy ways you have found yourself soothing your loneliness? So we've already started to talk about, we started, Ryan and I anyway, started to answer like ways that we have um, embraced solitude and made solitude a healthy rhythm part of our lives. Jacob, I'm curious though, you didn't say anything, or I didn't know if I just like, we just talked too much and you had nothing to say. I'm curious what, what your, no, um, no. what's your view of solitude as a discipline is, or just ways that you take time to, uh, to not only, uh, yeah, take care of yourself, but then maybe even deepen your relationship with the Lord as well. Like, what do you have to say about solitude? Sure. Yeah. I think that, um, one of the reasons why I didn't chime in is that, um, at this point I actually don't have like a regular weekly, um, time that I carve out for solitude. But I I think, I mean, after, um, after hearing y'all's kind of uh, thoughts and, uh, practices about that, I am, I, I do think that that would actually be a super, um, valuable um piece to include into my regular uh, um rhythms because i think that like the the two things that come to uh to mind is that we um something that we as christians especially in this culture don't do well is that we don't um lament and we don't meditate well and Really, I mean, I, I, I personally don't feel like I do those two things well, and I think that carving out a space for solitude is an excellent context in which to practice both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking today, just like the concepts—it sort of is—is sort of attached to solitude, but um, like I'm always somebody that wants to multitask everything. So, like on car rides. You know, I'll, I'll, I have like 17 podcasts that I want to listen to. And so I'll, I'll attempt listening to a podcast on a ride from here to there. Or like even today I was walking from a coffee, there's a coffee shop near my apartment. And so I was walking back from that and the thought came into my head was like, oh, I should put in my earbuds and listen to a podcast on this 15 minute walk. And then even that though, I like, I had to stop even as I was thinking about this podcast that we're doing today, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should not, maybe I should embrace silence. It's not like silence, silence. Obviously there's birds chirping and cars going by, but like, to just like not have noise mm-hmm. is such a foreign, it's becoming an increasingly foreign concept in this world. Whether you talk about advertising, commercials, you know, there's always something that's like they're trying, something's getting in your face or in your ears about you need this because you're imperfect and you need this to fulfill it or whatever. And so to just like do something as simple as being in nature, just taking a walk and not listening to a podcast, um, not that listening to a podcast while you walk or drive is a bad thing, but but I think having those moments for me, it's like I... I'm constantly in, in front of screens and absorbing content both in, through my eyeballs and through my ear holes. And it's like, sometimes it's just nice to shut it off for a 15 minute walk. And that's something I want to do a better job at because I think it is, it's vital to just have those moments of grounding yourself with reality, with nature, with the Lord. Um, and just like having, having space to think your own thoughts, you know, and not have to like listen mm-hmm. to something else. So, Yeah. Yeah, you do have to be really careful, like what you do during those times of solitude, mm-hmm. or else, or else it's just filling filling some space or killing some time. Like I can, I can listen to some music, I can read some kind of the books, I can cook, but beyond that, like that's you know, 
that's about the extent of what I found is helpful and actually nourishes me. You know, if I try to play a video game or watch Netflix or, um, or exercise, like it's not giving me what I need from solitude. Sure. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think that one of the challenges for me is that because I have lived alone for almost two years now, there is a lot of time that I spend by myself but that doesn't mean that I'm spending a lot of time in it in intentional solitude that is with the purpose of nourishing and feeding my own soul. And so I think there is I think I think that I can I can sort of lie to myself of like, well, like I don't really need that because, you know, I spent the whole day by by myself. Mm-hmm. But there is like yeah, there is a difference with like how we're choosing to um spend that time by ourselves and i think i mean a, a big a big piece i know for for me is just like feeling so um connected to my phone which of course uh mm-hmm. connects me to a thousand other things just having time where i'm apart from that device which seems like a super simple thing but it is it is legitimately meaningful to like spend time away from from that so that i have the the space and the capacity to focus on what i need to in that chunk of time so let's not dodge the second part of this follower's question y'all he wants to know what are unhealthy ways that we find ourselves soothing the loneliness such poetic language What's on your phone, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, there's a whole host of, of things. Of, um, I mean, uh, uh, Brian mentioned Netflix, and uh, Netflix binging has become a super trendy, culturally hot thing of like, yeah, that's fine. That's good for your heart and for your mind and soul. Uh-huh. Like, please, yeah, spend eight hours watching TV, which I've, I've spent way too much time in, in uh, one chunk. Um, we talked in the last episode about, uh, 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 porn. And I think that when, if we're, um, if a part of our definition of loneliness is a lack of connection, one of the things that porn, not pornography promises is a sense of connection and so that's a that's a very un unhealthy way to deal with feeling lonely yeah i'll confess i've i've used alcohol to kind of um like numb that numb that pain or sadness or disappointment um and i think it's a it's a it's a tricky thing like you know sometimes Sometimes when I was doing really good with my Monday night solitudes, that would involve like a little, a little drink to drink while I'm reading my book. And that was like a delightful, wonderful time. Um, but then sometimes, um, like I was not, um, I was not having just like a drink to make it, you know, to make it (laughs) relaxing and fun it was definitely to like kind of Mm. numb something. Oh, so I was going to mention, so Jacob, you live alone. I live alone. And for the most part, I've enjoyed it. 
I'll just speak from my experience. For the most part, I've enjoyed like creating my own space and creating my own rhythms. I think, you know, has it been perfect? Absolutely not. There have been plenty of days where I feel incredibly lonely and where I feel, um, especially comparing it to previous chapters in my life, it kind of just feels like it's such a, a steep drop off from previous experiences I've had living with people. But, um, but at the end of the day, like I am really appreciating the intentionality of being alone. It forces me to interact with people more. Um, I'm way more inclined now to reach out to people um, versus when I was living with people. And I kind of felt like I was in that seeming sense of camaraderie or community or, or connection when maybe it wasn't there or wasn't as strong as I, as I thought it was. And so um, I know we have plenty of people listening. One of our yobbers actually, he lives alone. Um, and he made a comment in our group about, about his status and how he's going to potentially be moving in with somebody soon. And that'll be good for him because he's an extrovert. Um, he said, uh, he asked, is it healthy for us as SSA or gay identifying Christians who may never be married, um, to be in situations where we're living alone, or should we be more intentional about making sure that we're perpetually living in healthy community with God's men, he said. Um, and so I'm curious what y'all feel about long-term, like where, where this is going. If you do remain single, do you feel like living alone is something that is fine, that you feel like you should, that it's totally okay to gravitate toward? Or is there, yeah, some sort of roommate situation, some sort of camaraderie community, intentional community situation that um, you think would be more suited toward your needs as a man? And then he also referenced the, uh, that verse in Genesis, that pesky little verse in Genesis that says it is not good for man to be alone. So what do y'all think about living alone? I think that um, living in community, in good community, I think that is, that is required for our flourishing as human beings regardless of being gay or SSA or not, um, whether that means that you live with other people, I think that actually is probably going to look different from yeah. person to person. I think that it's, um, I think that you can, you can still live by yourself, but also, also be involved in an intentional and great community that does meet those needs of connection. And so I don't think it, it has to, has to mean that you live with, with other people. Um, because I I know that I know there are people who live with other people who are incredibly lonely and it's hard and really horrible to where they probably wish that they that they lived alone and of course there are there are those who are living alone where it's um, where it's super tough I think from I can tell I can feel a big difference from my own experience of both living alone and living with um, with roommates is that when I first lived alone here in this apartment, when I first moved in for the first year, it was hard. It was, um, there were, it was night after night of me crying myself to sleep because of how intensely lonely that I felt. And a big piece of that was, um, was yes, I was, um, living alone, but I was also new to the area and just didn't, didn't know a lot of people, didn't have a lot of really deep connections here and then I had a roommate for the next three years which was wonderful and 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 excellent and then he 
moved out about two years ago and um, I felt a very big difference between this round two uh, living alone than 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 the first the first round and a huge component of, of that is just having um, much better community where where I met now do are there times that I feel lonely still absolutely but it's it's much more about the people that you're connected with in your life I think than actually having other human beings that share the same <laughs> kitchen as you or bathroom mm. gross or bathroom. yeah because there are like there are I I enjoy a lot of parts of living alone I like having control over all the things I like keeping things cleaner than anyone should I <laughs> there are just there are like Real Literally vases of roses in every room. Yeah. there That's not a lie for a lot of my <laughs> life. I buy, I buy roses for myself uh-huh. on the regular. Um, but, I mean, but at the same time, do I have a vision of a future where I do share a home with other people? Yep. Do I think that uh, has a lot of benefits that... Um, living alone um, doesn't provide. Yep. So I have not lived alone for, for more than like three or four months for my entire life. You know, growing up as a family, then I was in college and then I had roommates and, um, and now I have a housemate and I'm planning on uh, living alone later on this year. And I've told myself I'm going to, I'm going to try for a year. Like I'm going to live alone for a year and just see how it goes. If it turns out to be terrible and I go crazy, then I can look at getting a roommate again. Plus it'll give us ratings on the podcast. Cause I can't wait to hear <laughs> that version of you It'd be so entertaining. Oh yeah. Plus um, we have great. Yeah. Encouragement to offer stories to share <laughs> all that positives too, but yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. We're going to sit down to record a podcast and I'm just going to be like, I haven't spoken to anyone since the last time we recorded. <laughs> oh man. That's um, a cool idea though. Just to like, yeah, I think whatever, however you might be, whatever you might learn or whatever you might uh, experience through that. I think that's a really interesting. Outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, my, my experience has been that like living with someone probably no matter who isn't going to cure your loneliness. Um, like isn't going to prevent loneliness ever. And, uh, and there are plenty of great ways to find community and find connection and find belonging while, you know, while living alone. I think, I mean, honestly, I think that like the way our, cities and towns and societies and physical spaces are set up aren't really aren't really even set up very well to kind of navigate that like I need my own personal space where I can find solitude but also I need to do life with people and build a life together with people like there aren't just many there there just aren't many good places to live where you're gonna find an easy balance between those two like And I think part of the problem is that so many of like the places we live are just under separate roofs and require driving to get from one place to the other. And I think if our cities and towns were, were set up a little better, 
um, or differently, then I think it could be actually reasonable to find like a good, a good both and situation. Yeah. Both and I definitely, if I'm going to be lonely, I would much rather be lonely living alone than living with people that spur that loneliness and that Mm. maybe it's completely opposite for an extroverted Mm, person or, or even maybe another introvert for that matter. Maybe it's like different on a case by case basis. What's worse. Um, I think for me personally, yeah, I definitely appreciate the living alone dynamic that I have right now. I think it's good for me. I think it's good to establish some healthier rhythms in my life. But, uh, but when I think about the next 50 years, do I expect or even hope to live alone the whole time? I don't think I do, but, um, but I don't know. I'm open. I'm open to seeing kind of what the current season offers. Cause right now I definitely feel like this is the right move for me. And maybe that changes a year from now or five years from now or 20 years from now. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I think it's on a, on a case by basis. Like I said, when I'm living alone, I'm actually more inclined to reach out to people and be in community, um, outside of my dwelling place. So that's just, that's just how I roll. I don't know if other people out there listening resonate with that, but, uh, but yeah, my hope is that whether you live alone or with people that you're still in good community, you're still in good connection with others. Cause we need that, uh, regardless. I think my ideal situation is like the Seinfeld apartment where <laughs> like, like across the hall. Yeah. yeah I yeah, live yeah. alone, but like my friends just let themselves in right. whenever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I let, and I, you know, we're totally cool cause we're that close and yeah. that comfortable mm-hmm. around each other. Or like I might even just get home and Hey, there's my friend in the living room, you know, just like <laughs> hanging uh-huh. out and like, cool. Hey, what's up, man? You know, like yep. a very college mm-hmm. dormy kind of feel. Is, That's mm-hmm. kind of a similar vision I have for my life, except replace crowded New York apartment with like jungle huts and, uh, <laughs> and like dirt, dirt pathways oh, yeah, connecting yeah. to the next to the next Shuggle yurt huts. next door or something. That's kind of, that's how I visualize oh, Tom, it. We are not going to be neighbors. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pivot real quick, y'all. Cause this is kind of where I wanted to close the conversation was talking about sexuality and talking about how loneliness times periods of loneliness has been attached um, to that because you can be lonely for plenty of reasons that have nothing to do with your sexuality that hopefully that's clear and obvious, but, but see, seeing as that's a cornerstone of our content and what we talk about at your other brothers, I wanted to, you know, take the opportunity to talk about that aspect of loneliness. So are there times in your life either long ago or, or even recently, even present day that you have felt or feel, um, loneliness in the midst of, uh, your sexuality? I think there are lots of different kinds of feelings and kinds of desires and needs that I attach the word loneliness to. You know, I think there are desires for more friends and more connections with those friends. And then there are desires for someone to build a life with and be intimate with. And, and, and I think that I do feel, I do feel those desires to have, what you know what amounts to a husband right like um someone who will be mutually invested in relationship singularly and you know committed to mutual pursuit um and yeah so I think if I'm honest, yeah, like that's something that I go through seasons of desiring greatly and I think when when I deal with that and have to tell myself that I am, you know, that's not what I'm aiming for in my life. I have different goals in my life. 
like the the pain that comes from that, the kind of the sadness that comes from that, I tend to um, to describe as loneliness. And I think that's not. I think that's a fair a fair word to attach to it. I guess. But so yeah, I feel I feel that, and I think that it can be um, it can be tempting since I call one thing loneliness and then I call that loneliness too. It can be tempting to try to rely on these friendships and community to sort of erase or take away or satisfy that other longing that I feel for, like I said, a husband. Um, and then it can get really disappointing when, when it doesn't. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's something that I'm just realizing recently, um, is that those two things are different experiences that don't really, um, you know, that there isn't really a good solution to, or, or the, you know, the strategy I take to deal with one isn't good, isn't going to necessarily be a good strategy for the other. Yeah. I think when it comes to, um, loneliness connected to sexuality, it is, it is tough for me to think of an example or, um, something that is directly connected to an experience of same-sex attraction as opposed to being just connected to being single. Um, I think that we we exist and live in a very uh, coupled and partnered-focused culture, and even our, our churches tend to be very couple and family-centric. And I think there are lots of times where... Um, loneliness is heightened for single folks um, because there are just all of these contexts in which we feel like we don't belong or that we don't fit in or that we're, that we're not um, welcomed in, in certain spaces. Um, I think that one of the very sad parts about that is that um, while I know in my head that getting married and um, having a husband is not the solution to the ultimate um, solution to feeling lonely, that does still seem to be the common message that I hear um, in sort of indirect ways. I say that because I, I've had times where I have shared an experience of feeling lonely or feeling, um, yeah, feeling that intense dis disconnect that some of the hope or the encouragement that is offered by other people is, well, like maybe there is, um, maybe there's hope still that you'll find a wife. Um, and that there is this, this still like perceived solution to like, if you could just find, um, a woman to marry, then you wouldn't feel lonely anymore. And, um, which that then only makes me feel, feel worse. And also I think it does, it does a great disservice to married couples, um, who find that even within their marriage, that they still have times where they feel lonely and then they feel like they can't talk about it and be honest and be, and be vulnerable because they have been taught like, like, 
me for all of my life being raised in 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 the in the church that once you get married all of those feelings go away and if you do still find yourself wrestling with with those it means that you're doing it wrong and that there's something wrong with you and so we we keep those 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 things hidden which then only makes it worse yeah yeah I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with this line of thinking that, yeah, marriage, marriage isn't a solution for loneliness. You know, to use Wesley Hill's words, it just changes the coordinates. Ooh, um, like and a lot of our listeners are really familiar with Wesley Hill's writings, and he writes a lot about friendship, too. And he sort of, he suggests that it would be good for us to sort of pursue friendship and invest in friendship with all the energy and resources that we would be, you know, pursuing marriage with. And, um, and I don't think he ever actually says this, but I think the danger or the temptation is to then turn to friendships and say, Oh, well, if I get the right friendships, if I invest enough in friendships, then that will solve my loneliness. And I think that runs into the same problem as people do with marriage, where marriage isn't going to sustain, and marriages can't take that weight. I don't think your friendships can either. Even maybe, and this is a hard truth, but I'm beginning to think it's true, not even your entire, like, community, I don't think, can really bear that full weight, or at least not in the way that you want to, that will make you feel finally secure, finally safe, like you've arrived at home. I think there are lots of ways where that can happen, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that loneliness strikes me as this thing that is going to be a present reality um, until the kingdom of God is fully established. And, and it would be better to live in light of that instead of trying to, I don't know, I don't know what the words would be, but like kick against the goads of like, I'm, I'm just going to constantly pursue and chase and pursue this experience that isn't, that isn't available this side of eternity. Um, and I feel like I could, I could really throw away a lot. I could really, um, hurt myself a lot if I don't ever accept that, yeah, I'm going to feel lonely sometimes, but those times, um, and they're going to suck. They're going to legitimately suck, but, um, but they're not forever. And, and I have a hope that's bigger than, bigger than my friends, bigger than my community in the here and now that, um, that as God, as the Lord is establishing his kingdom is establishing a new, a new way of existing together in community that the trajectory that we're on the destination, the point B to our current point a is a time and a place where loneliness is solved. And, um, and I can put my hope in that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I wanted to read this from Dean cause I asked Dean that question. If he, um, yeah, has felt loneliness attached to his sexuality, um, throughout his life. Um, and it segues into what, you know, what I would say for my story too, because he said for a long time, I felt loneliness in my sexuality because I didn't know there were others like me, a man attracted to other men, but still desiring to love God. I swore I was completely lonely in that. 
Now, knowing otherwise, I don't feel loneliness tied to my sexuality. I'll fight loneliness in other ways, but my world has grown too much to believe I'm lonely in my sexuality. And I think when I'm at my healthiest, as far as feeling lonely goes, it's, it's that conscious, and it is a conscious recognition and realization that I am not alone. Like I have to consciously, verbally tell myself like, okay, I know I feel super tempted or I feel super lonely or I feel, um, I feel the weight not only of the past, but also of the future of like wondering where this thing is going. Um, but to consciously state that I am not alone has done wonders for my psyche in the last decade, because like literally for the first two decades of my life, it was that, that unending refrain, which is that, well, I'm taking this to my grave. I literally had thoughts throughout my entire adolescence that this homosexual thing inside of me was going with me to the grave because I certainly wasn't going to speak about it to anybody. Um, and so speaking it to life, um, and that's something that's, that's what motivates me, honestly, to keep your other brothers going. It's, it's getting the emails that we still get all these years later uh, for people who are finding our site for the first time, who are finally being able to put words to the swirling things inside of them that they've kept inside their entire lives. For some, it's 19 years, and for others, it's 60, 70 years. Um, the sense that I'm not alone anymore. And then, and then it's like, now what? Cause now we've like peeled back the curtain and now we've like established this realization, this reality that I'm not, I don't have to be lonely. Like I am, I am literally not the only person that I thought I was. And so then it's like, now what? Now it presents a whole new slew of challenges of like, who do I talk to and how do I talk about it? And, and, and then singleness versus marriage. And that's a whole nother thing to figure out for, for my life and, or living in community or living by myself. There's all these other other things that come on top of that, but um, but I'm always super grateful when when I hear from somebody who who no longer feels lonely in their sexuality. Like that is such like I'll keep doing yab until the day I die if like we keep if it keeps ministering to people as it has for the last few years. And I'm super grateful that for my story, for Jacob's, for Ryan's, for everyone who writes on our site, for everyone who comes on this podcast. Like it it means a lot to uh, to share our story in hopes that it lands somewhere with you and makes you feel a little less lonely. Many years ago, I remember feeling the loneliest I've ever felt. It was following some of the greatest months of my life, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. I joined a church group and shared my story with them, got baptized with them and then left them behind to pursue a summer at camp, one of the wildest, hardest, and ultimately most fulfilling summers of my life. Spent with kids eight to 17 and fellow counselors alike. I never felt more purposed, both in my, my work and, and in my relationships. And then after an extended summer away, returning back to a completely different landscape. Friends who, who no longer existed in my geographic region and other dynamics at play that ultimately left me living 45 minutes away from my home church in the dusty hills by some old train tracks, living in the upper room of an older married couple's house because it was all I could find, all I could afford. And to add on top of all of that, my car becoming incapacitated for days at a time 
And I just remember crying on the phone with my dad saying, why? <laughs> why is all of this happening? Why is it so hard? And I just felt so tangibly alone in that Pet Boys parking lot. When I look at scripture, I'm constantly encouraged by the person of Jesus and by his example, his example to seek out solitude time and time again. In the immediate aftermath of getting baptized, he fled, he fled everybody for 40 days in the wilderness. In the aftermath of his dear friend John's death, he fled. And in those harrowing hours before his crucifixion, in a midnight garden, he fled. But scripture doesn't tell these stories as isolated instances. In fact, in Luke 5, verses 15 and 16, scripture reads, But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And I get the sense that in the three years of Jesus' mission, of reaching out to people near and far, those like him and, and those very different from him. He consistently made it a practice to get away. And so, my brothers, you who are lonely, you who look to your left and right with nobody in arm's reach, you who live alone and you who live in the isolating company of others, you introverts and extroverts, you who are open with your story and you who are quite closed. May you rest in this blessed assurance that you are not alone, that you belong here in this community of men and women all around the world who struggle just as you do, who also endure these long, dark nights of the soul. And beyond even your fellow man, you follow a savior who also suffered a lonely road, one fraught with misunderstandings from the crowds and from his own disciples, his closest friends. Nights of betrayal and of pleading with the Father for another way. Jesus withdrew often to desolate places and pray. And may we follow often in his footsteps, escaping the people around us, going to the Father, kneeling and agonizing openly in his presence, resting in his arms and basking in this solitude spent with him. May we trust him all the more to restore us night after night as we return from the garden and as we walk this road now set before us. Well, guys, that that was pretty great. I think that something that I've come to realize is that it has been a long time that I have um, felt what it's what it's like to get to share these um, intimate things uh, when it comes to my sexuality with with others who also resonate. And so, I think to 
to have an opportunity to be a part of a ministry that can provide the hope to others that they are not alone. That is such a gift and a privilege to be able to be a part of that work. So I just, I just find myself feeling super thankful to be able to be um, a, a part of this with some excellent brothers. Mm. Thanks, Jacob. It's awesome to have you mm-hmm. and Ryan and the many other guys who contribute. Like this is such a team effort. It's ridiculous. This this thing is run by so many working parts, moving parts, working parts. It's a humbling honor, I guess, to uh, to speak and to put story, put word to uh, to the story out there, and um, and yeah, just and have some fun along the way, laugh and joke and be silly and probably inappropriate at times. But that's we're still learning, we're still growing <laughs> up, and that's part of the process, right? This is a wonderful episode. I would love to hear everyone else's thoughts on the matter, as always. Go to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Find the episode 58 post on loneliness v. solitude. Who was victorious today? You decide. Tell us, uh, tell us your loneliness v. solitude stories. Um, do, you t- do you partake in the practice or the discipline of solitude? Um, or is that something that you're pondering now, now that you've listened to this episode? Uh, I'd love to hear about that. Um, and then, yeah, loneliness. As far as loneliness, particularly loneliness, uh, tied to your sexuality. Um, if you have any particular experiences, um, about that, I'd love to hear your story about that. So we always love it when our listeners share, it's awesome to have the two way conversation. So y'all feel free, go to our website. It's newly designed by Wesley Ayers. You're going to love it. So please check it out. If you haven't visited our site in a while, it probably looks very different from what you remember. Um, we would love to have your feedback on this episode or for that matter, any episode, go back to listen, listen to episode 41 and tell us whatever we talked about that episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts there too. Um, yeah. And once again, a big shout out to chocolate caves. Oh my gosh, y'all. Hmm. Once you're in, you never want to leave, which presents a host of other Don't problems. Google it. <laughs> host of other problems, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you. Chocolate caves for sponsoring this episode of the Yobcast. Thank you, Chocolate Caves. You're 72% cacao stalagmites and stalactites. Fill me with joy beyond reckoning. Wow, nice ad read. That was beautiful. Thank you. Chocolate Caves, don't trip on the almonds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love you guys. Thanks for coming on and talking to us once again. For all your other brothers with a beautiful ring light complexion on my face, this is Tom. This is Ryan. And this is Jacob. Reminding you, more than ever, that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog, featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. 
ask us a question, or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.